I'm Matt. I'm Randy. And this is Got, Got Questions. Questions. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Randy. And this is Got, Got Questions. Questions. Nice. I like that. So, before we get started with our question, Mr. Daniel Elliott is here, our executive producer. Hello, guys. Wow. That was a very powerful voice. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't have my water today. I'm a little, Ooh, a little shocked. Oh, there oh, you go. Boom. There's an extra one that Randy brought. Nice. Smart. Hey, why don't you pray for us, Daniel, son? And sure. We'll get started. Awesome. Dear God, just uh, pray that you can just uh, bless this podcast today. Thank you for just uh, another day of life that you've given us. Um, pray that we can just have good conversations and uh, have a fun time talking in your name. Amen. 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 And for those listening, there's been crazy fires that have been going on, and our thoughts and prayers are with those families out there and the people searching for not only watches, rings, things like that, but they're also that we have people from our church that are searching for bodies. And so yes. let's keep them in your prayers as well. So it's been, Absolutely. It's been been pretty chaotic so that's what's been going on at this time so um all right randall yes randy our questions have been pretty cool they have been and we're doing a new series in club 56 for our fifth and sixth grade ministry here and they had a good question that we've we've did a lesson on right what is that question randy well, what first, do we got but but tell us about the series though because oh, the series okay, yeah. it's got a good title oh man so this is really cool so the series is called They Died How, and we look at crazy deaths that were in the Bible, how people died in crazy ways, and what we can learn from those times. So we had uh, this last weekend, um, uh, we had Absalom right. dangling by his hair in the tree. The weekend before that, we had the rebellious leaders that got swallowed by the earth, and then the week before that, we Lot's had wife. Lot's wife. And for me, Matt, I got to say, how did they die? You know, I guess it is a, I almost said a pretty cool way to die. It's <laughs> it's definitely an unusual way yes. to die. But that's not the, to me, that's not the big message. When, when I look at that, I, I you know, because I've read that story a lot. Yeah. I, I've always read the story, heard about it, you know, okay, got it. But it always felt weird to me. Why? So I want, what I thought I'd do is I, I kind of made some notes, yeah, uh, keep me on on track, but I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the, really the real question of why why God took Lot's wife the way he did. So kind of starting out, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, that was some craziness. Sodom and Gomorrah was a nasty man. That was a crazy city. That I mean, the cities were pretty pretty intense. They were horrible. It it actually it's funny when when we were talking earlier today. So so Matt and I were talking earlier today a little bit about Sodom and Gomorrah and and a little bit about all the sin that's in the world. And this is going to sound really weird. It actually gives me a little bit of hope because when you look in the Old Testament and see the kind of filthy nastiness they had, you go, oh, well, 
maybe this isn't so bad. You know what I yeah. mean? Because I'm huh. still shocked at some of that stuff. And and we live in hey, a very sinful yeah. society. If you're still shocked, I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. At least we're not like, oh, yeah, I already know about right. that. Yeah, you think that was bad. Think about what happened last week down the corner, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. We probably don't need to get into those examples here. Uh, but some of the examples of what people were doing was just, it was just gross. I mean, it looks like a lot of it was sexual sin that was going right. on. I mean, that it is intense. So, how did Lot's wife die is pretty much our question. Like, why and how, right? Yeah, I think the why is the, the big why. question. Right, and the, right. Cool, the cool thing about, like, that series that we're doing is they died how. Like, yes, those are very unusual ways, but the cool thing about them that could probably help us remember is just, like, they stick with you, like right. how they died. You're like, wow, really? You know, and so it sticks with you. So hopefully this will stick with uh, some of you people out there, and you'll remember it and maybe connect on the why. But uh, go ahead, Randy. So what are you going to break down for us? So, so uh, play by play. Starting is um, a lot of you guys may not know the story. So I'm sure people that are listening, we got believers, we have unbelievers. But I just wanted to kind of recap the story, and and you got to go before the story, in my opinion. Uh, Abraham had a nephew named Lot. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they separated out, and Lot ended up settling in the Sodom and Gomorrah area. He was really in Sodom, I believe. So, um, so uh, partway in the story, so Genesis chapter 18 is where, where we pick up, and Abraham, God basically says to Abraham, you know what, I see all of this sexual sin, and it's just a wicked place to be, and I don't like it, because you know God doesn't, he doesn't stand for sin. And this was apparently really, really sinful. So God said, I'm going to destroy Sodom. And, and Adam, I, I picture him going, uh-oh, <laughs> you know, I got family there. So, so Abraham, which, which this blows me away too, Matt, I got to tell you. The fact that God's talking to you would blow me away. But then what Abraham does is like, whoa, he starts negotiating with God, which I think is pretty, pretty amazing and it's pretty amazing that God allowed him to negotiate. Yeah, I'm looking at my Bible right now, at that, in uh, Genesis 18, and I'm actually, hi- I highlighted all the negotiation, because that stood out to me as well. Right. And uh, let me rewind just a little bit. Go ahead. In verse 20 and 21, this is what God says to Abraham. So the Lord told Abraham, I have heard a great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah because their sin is so flagrant. So it's really bad. This part, this verse gets me too. I don't want to get too sidetracked. This is just maybe for another time. No worries. But this is what he says in verse 21. I'm going down to see if their actions are as wicked as I have heard. If not, I want to know. Hmm. That's interesting to me that he's going to go check instead of just he already knows. Right. Right. So anyways, uh, we can get back to that later. But yeah, so it's been so bad. He hears it. Then there's negotiation, Randy. Tell us about the negotiation. So, so the negotiation <laughs> starting in, uh, let's see, verse 22. So then uh, Abraham approached, uh, approached the Lord and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of 50 righteous people? Because everyone thinks they're good. So he's oh, saying, yeah. why Why would you destroy bad people if there's good people and right. everyone thinks they're good? Right. Now, what's interesting is 50, it's, it doesn't sound like a big number. But what's interesting is, so so God blows you away, kind of blows me away anyway. God says, oh, okay, if there's 50 righteous people, I won't destroy it. So then <laughs> Abraham's like, uh... 
What if there's 45? Yeah, let's keep let's keep this going. <laughs> yeah. What what if there's 45? You know, will, will you change it just for five people? And God says, no, no, there's 45. And then he goes through though, and I and I wrote down he went from 50 to 45 to 40 to 30 to 20, then down to 10. That sounded like a football, like a guy was running. Yeah, trying the 50, to get to the, the 45, the 40, the 30, the 20. So so in verse 32. And, and this shows Abraham's pretty bright because Abraham says, may the Lord not be angry. Mm. So, so I can see that he's testing the Lord's patience. <laughs> um, but he says, let me speak just once more. What if only 10 can be found? 10. So then he says, okay, if, if there's 10 found. But then here's the interesting thing. Then it switches. So there's no more conversation. And the next thing you know, God's going to destroy Sodom, which tells you, nope, not even 10. Not even 10. 10. Can you believe that? 10 people. 10 righteous people. That's it. And you we, would think God would find 10 righteous people anywhere. Well, and you think you've got Lot, who, who we're assuming is righteous. You've right. got Lot's wife, who we may have not made a good assumption, but we assume she's righteous. And they've got two daughters. So just Lot's family that we know of That's four. is four. And they were engaged. At the time, so that would be six. Right, the, the two daughters. Now, the reason why we're assuming Lot is righteous is because in chapter nineteen, the two angels that are going to go check out Sodom and Gomorrah, see if their outcries really are uh, what they were saying. Um, they're going to see if it really was bad. So these two angels go over there. Right, and this is where it gets kind of gruesome. Do, gets, do you do you want to tell the whole story? You know, I mean, we'll we'll just keep it short. If they want, if they want to. If they want to uh, read it, they can read it. And so, or in Genesis 19, the two angels come. This place is so bad. These guys want to come and do some nasty things to these angels. That's pretty much what what, what happens right there. And uh, they decide, the angels are like, this place is wicked. Yes, God is going to destroy this place. Right. There's not 10 people, not even close, right? Right. So they, they tell Lot, his wife, his two daughters, and their fiancés, they tell, tell your whole family, we're going to destroy this place. You guys need to get out of here. And the interesting thing, Randy, that you brought up about the fiancés was what? Well, the, the fiancés didn't listen. No. Because the fiancés didn't go. They said, oh, they must just be joking. Yeah, it's right here in 1914. So Lot rushed out to tell his daughter's fiancés, quick, get out of the city. The Lord is about to destroy it. But the young man thought he was only joking. Okay, if you guys if you guys ever tell me that Modesto is going to be destroyed, just I will not think you're joking just be serious when you say it yeah okay. so blink twice if you're serious <laughs> yeah uh so they, they get out of there okay but there's a catch well here's the thing so the angels tell them to go to the mountains okay so so the actual verse i wrote it down yeah. genesis 19 Perfect. 17 yeah the angels say flee for their lives don't look back and don't stop in the plane so they tell them to go to the go to the mountains so lot stops it and don't look back. But Lot stops them. And, and this blows me away, too, because Lot starts negotiating. And Lot says, oh, the mountains are pretty far away. I can't make it to the mountains in time because he's going to destroy it in the morning. So he's got to go overnight. I can't make it to the mountains. What if I stop at this place called Zoar? They get to Zoar, right? So they, so they do flee. And they, and they go to negotiate to go to Zoar. So they get to Zoar. And then Lot's wife looks back. And the climax of the story, she immediately gets turned to a pillar of salt. She turns into a pillar of salt for looking back. Did you know that, Daniel? I did. Yeah, yeah isn't that that's, that's a little crazy. salty way to die right there? She turns into a pillar of salt. salt. Now, there's a lot that we're going to go into right now right. for that. Because when I first heard that, I remember I was a kid and I first heard this. I, I had to be six years old. 
at the most. And I'll never forget that there was a woman that turned into salt, right? I'll never forget that. And I was, you know, I always thought, oh, it's because she looked back. But to be fair, I asked myself when I read this, would I have looked back? And I asked that to the Club 56 kids, the kids in fifth and sixth grade. I said, imagine we're running away from Modesto, and you hear all this commotion behind you, things blowing up, fire all of a sudden's coming down from the sky. And I asked the kids, would you guys look back? And they all rose their hand. Daniel, would you look I, back? I would look back. Why would you look back? I think it's just you're you want to see what's going on. You don't <laughs> want to you want to be a part of it, I guess. You know. Okay, Randy, would yeah. you look back? Here's the crazy part, though. I think even if I didn't want to look back, even if I was really super focused that God told me don't look back, don't look back, I think you would just naturally look back. Like, as soon as you stop thinking, don't look back, don't look back, as soon as you started focusing on something else and you have a, hear a big explosion, that's the first thing we do. Yeah. We look back. Yeah. Like, Whoa, what was that? Right. Oh, I'd want to look back because, like, I'm hearing, I'd probably be hearing screams. I mean, I just want to know yeah. what's going on behind me. Right. And I'd be out of fear also. I'd look back like, oh my gosh, I don't want this to catch up to me. I better keep running, you know? Right. So I thought. There's no way that she turned into pl- pillar of salt just because she looked back. Right. So that's this is where the why comes into this part. Is why and how did she die? Well, how did she die? She turned into a pillar of salt. Why she looked back. But it's deeper than just looking back because she was, oh, what's going on? It was deeper. Well, and you know that, Matt, because this is what what I started thinking. Because I never read this passage this carefully. Mm-hmm. And what I what I kept gathering was God was reasonable through this whole thing. So so Abraham came to him and said, what about 50? What about 45? Hey, come on, God, let's be reasonable. Right. And God, throughout the whole thing, said, yep, yes, yep, okay, all right, great. And then Lot comes to him and says, hey, by the way, the mountains are really far away. You know, come on, help me out here. Yeah. And and even then, God was like, okay, all right. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, she looks back, you're, you're done? That, yeah. that doesn't follow the story. Right. And that's where I look at it and say, hey, I'm missing something. There's yeah. something I'm yeah. missing in this. Uh, do you think we negotiate a lot with God? Do I do. Do you think we're a lot like that? I do. Like, I won't do it again, but this, you know, this, this. It's interesting, huh? We're, if you, we're like if you take this away, I'll go to church every Sunday. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's just, <laughs> if, if you do this, Lord, I'll be do- You know, it's so interesting. But look how good and nice and generous God is. He is right there saying, yep, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Like, man, he has so much patience with us. He does. I don't think I could put up with myself. I don't know how my wife does it. She's amazing. She Just. talks to me about it. She's working <laughs> on it. It's it. You're her cross to bear. Yeah, man. Yep. Well, that's the shame. So uh, she looks back, but there's more to it, Randy. Why do you think she turned into a pillar? Of salt? You, you know, it's interesting, and, and I, I think what I thought about it was, what do we do when something doesn't make sense? So, so I thought about this just in everyday life. So, yeah. so Matt, if you came to me and said something crazy. And I'm trying to think of something crazy. But if you came to me and said, uh, Randy, uh, I believe the world was created in uh, millions of years. Right. And I go, man, we we had this discussion. We've talked about that. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? So what I would do, what I hope I would do is I would say, Matt, is that really what you meant? Did I get that right? And I would ask you some questions. And then I would talk to some other people and try to understand what you're going for. So I think what we miss sometimes in life is we don't ask enough questions when something seems weird. Because with this story, I'll be honest with you, 
I've never heard anybody say anything except, you better listen to God, because <sighs> God said don't look back, and she looked back, and boom, pillar of salt. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's every sermon that I I remember hearing. Not saying that's all of them, but no, right, every right. sermon I remember, that's what they say. But I keep going, but that doesn't sound right, because I'm in big trouble if that's the way, right, the way it there's is. There's times I look back at things. There's times I look back at things in my life. Yeah. And there's times I look back and I'm not always obedient. Right. And I'm so glad I'm not a pillar of salt. So what I did was, first of all, I talked with you and we had a good conversation about it. And then I looked in a commentary because I thought, what mm. am I missing? And the big thing, and, and actually I heard it from you first, and then I looked at the commentary to make sure <laughs> it was right. Um, yeah. But one of the things that you said was, it wasn't the physical act of looking back. It was her heart. Mm. And what I think is happening here is her heart was still with Sodom. And yes. God was destroying the sin in Sodom. And if she still had a heart for those people in Sodom and the sin and all that, that's why God was looking. That That's why God punished her for oh, sin. Yeah. yeah. He knows the desires of her heart. He knows every secret of her heart. And she was looking back because that's where her heart was longing to be. Right. She did not. It wasn't that she was just looking back. It was she longed to be there. She liked the city. She loved it. She didn't She didn't want to leave. Right. And so God knows that. There's nothing that we could do. That's that's the scary part about God, too, is that he knows what we what we long for. And because she wanted to long for that, I'm sorry, you had to, you're, you're gone with the city. Right. And um, I wrote down a... I got a verse here, Psalm 44, 21. It says, God would surely have known it, for he knows the secrets of every heart. So when he knows our hearts that well, he knows the secrets of our heart. And that's even things we don't even remember or know that our heart is longing for. And so there's nothing that we could do that can sneak by him at all. Or right. there's nothing, you know, that he wouldn't know because he knows even the secrets of our heart, which is scary. And which makes me think, like, what is my heart longing for? Am I aware of this sin or is it, how do I know? How do I know if what I'm longing for is something from God or not? Right. And, uh, but that is why she died is because she was longing to be back there. So here's a question for you, Matt, that Ooh. just popped into my head. Yes. So had she not physically turned back, mm. if she kept that in her heart, would she have turned, but she didn't physically turn back, would she have turned into a pillar of salt? That's a great question. I don't know. It's interesting. What though. do you think, Daniel? I I don't know. Sorry. That's no. That's okay. What you got? <laughs> I'm trying to just like look at the passage where Jesus goes. This is like not even relevant, but kind of, um, where he goes into the temple and flips the tables. Yeah. But right. earlier it says, I don't. I can't find the exact verse, but I remember him going to the temple before he flipped the tables, mm. just to see what was going on, and then he had a time of reflection. And then it was appropriate that he flipped the tables. Yeah, it wasn't his first reaction, you know. It wasn't the the anger wasn't like our type of anger. It's where I'm angry. I'm going to start flipping tables. It was a, a righteous and just anger right. that where he reflected was like this is not. Mm -hmm. mm. That's yeah. interesting. So, and you're you're relating that to where God says, "I'm going to go and see if this is what it really is." Right. That's right. interesting. There's some parallels there. Yeah. I like that. That's yeah. not bad That's because like that. I I'm glad that God's like that because I react a lot. Instead of thinking about things I'm like, oh come on, you know, someone cuts me off or this. Ha oh, this happened the other day. I was at McDonald's, <laughs> right? Is that the sin? <laughs> that part of it. And so I'm going. I'm and my wife. She's pregnant right now with our second boy. And uh, I went to go get her some breakfast at McDonald's. She likes having a McGriddle. So I went early in the morning to surprise her with a McGriddle. Right? If your wife's pregnant out there, get her what she wants. Right? There you so go. I went. 
and I'm going, I'm all excited. I'm in a great mood, right? I'm like, ah, oh, I'm going to surprise my wife. She's going to be, she's going to be excited. So I'm about to get to the, to the drive-thru and out of nowhere, this car sees me going in and I think that something clicked in their head that they wanted to be there first. They zoomed and almost clipped the front of my car and they cut me off and just, just squeak into the drive-thru before me. And I was like, wow. And then I decided, you know what? I'm not going to react right now because there's nothing to do. It's going to be awkward. I'm sitting behind them in this thing. And actually what I was doing is I was praying. It was my quiet time in my car. And I thought, you know what? I'm in no hurry. I'm going to just relax and keep praying. I got more time now for yeah. to, to pray. So, you know, I was angry and I decided instead of reacting, and which was rare for me usually. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm okay. I'm just going to keep praying. I get to, to pay and they're like, the person in front of you paid for you. They felt bad for cutting you off. And I was like, wow, Whoa. thank you, Lord. That is really cool. I'm so glad I didn't react or anything. I was like, I'm just kidding. And they, they paid for uh, my wife's McGriddle. And I went back. I was safe. You know, I didn't get hit by the car. So there's a lot of things to be thankful for. But it's like one of those times where it's good not to react, to sit and be like, you know, just reflect for a little bit. Just everything's okay. What's wow. the hurry? I don't know. I just... Because how would you have felt? That that would have been really weird if, if I, you were in your car just <laughs> cursing and, yeah. blah, 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 and then, oh, the car car in front of you uh, paid for that because they were See, really I sorry. Had, right. I could have had two emotions. I could have been like, that's right. They better have done that. I got that <laughs> out of them, right? Or it would have been, oh, now I feel bad. You know, right. but for yeah. me, I probably, that's right. They better have done that. I would have done that. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, so I, it's always good to take that route. I'm glad God's the way he is because wow. he's a lot better than me. But uh, he knows her heart. And our heart is very deceitful. You always see uh, Pastor Rick, our senior pastor at Big Valley Grace, he he was making fun of Hallmarks the other day, or I think it was a couple weeks ago, and he was just saying how funny it is when they always say, follow your heart, follow your heart. And it's like, that is, it's so dangerous to say that. Like, there's a lot, I'm a big Disney fan, there's a lot of Disney songs that say follow your heart, and, you know, whenever you let your heart decide, and our heart is so deceitful. Like, right there in that verse it even says that we got secrets in there. And in Jeremiah uh, 17, 9, that's the Old Testament, says this, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? So we make decisions and choices, but we don't even know how bad our heart is. But God knows everything about it. And it's so dangerous when we make decisions based off our heart or things like that. And it made me think of another question. How do I know if... My heart, I kind of think, I think I asked it a little earlier, but how do I know if the things in my heart are for the Lord, mm -hmm. you know, and not, and not of my own desires? That's a good question. How how do you know? Yeah, you know, I, because I, and my, I've, I have a lot of flaws. <laughs> one, of, one of my big ones is, I mean, I've done a lot better with it now, but in the past, I made a lot of decisions based off of my emotions. Right. And that didn't get me <laughs> anywhere good. Fair enough. Um, but it, the the best way to do it, I think, is what you always say, Randy, is always go back in Scripture and just double-check. I, I always think that's a best way to do it. Yep. Uh, Daniel, what do you think? How do you know if the desires of your heart are for the Lord or for yourself? I think uh, it's hard when your emotions start to affect your decisions, then it, it could be dangerous. Um, but having a place to point back to, like the Scriptures, you know, is a good good place. That's exactly. I, I think yeah. you got to see. Does does what I'm looking at? Does that scripture? Does does my my decision making coincide with scripture? And if it does, then at least it has the potential to be righteous. 
But if it doesn't, so like when you were getting ready to jump out of your car and, <laughs> and beat on that dude's car, well, you know that that doesn't coincide with scripture. So you know, oh, that's not right. Now, mm. you might have had anger. Your reaction would not have been congruent with, with the Bible. Mm. So, so that's, how you, that's part of how you know. But here's the crazy part. How do you know when both decisions appear righteous? And you're going to find this out as, as uh, I call him Dino, his son Uriah. As Uriah grows up, Rhonda and I, my wife, we, we've had times where you think, I don't know what the right thing to do is, and both paths appear righteous. You know, she'll have an idea, I'll have an idea, and we can both defend it scripturally. Mm. You know, that's the right thing to do, but we don't know. So then you got to pray. And I think that's, that's one thing that we, we don't do enough of. And no matter how much you do, you never do enough of. I think that's a, that's the easy one, um, but I think you got to ask questions and and go seek counsel. And that that's really what I thought about in this whole thing, where when we when we have questions and when we don't understand something, we've got to have a system where we have a way of figuring it out. You have to get someone's opinion who has knowledge and that you respect and that you trust. Mm. So that what I tell the Club 56 kids is I always tell them the story about my son. So if you come see me and you say, hey, Randy, can you tell me about video games? Hmm. Uh, that answer is no. <laughs> you don't want to ask me advice on video games because I don't know anything about video games. Those you need to ask my son, Russ, because my son, Russ, knows video games hmm. and he can, he can tell you the ins and outs. It would not make sense for me to go to my non-believer buddy to say, hey, I, I got this question about Lot's wife. What do you think? Mm. And he's going to give me some crazy answer. And I know he doesn't know what he's talking about. So you've got to be thinking about your source. Mm. So I go to people that I trust. Yeah. And that's that's a big key. You've yeah. got to find people that you trust. Don't go to your buddy. Don't go to non-believers. But go to people that have that wisdom. Yeah, that's good. I go to Gordon Rumble. I go to you. I mean, I have those people. It's funny. I break up in my mind. I break up my friends like it was who wants to be a millionaire. If I was ever asked a question, I break them <laughs> off in the you category. Set, set, yeah, I'm like, yeah. if I need a baseball question, I go to this person. A movie question, I go to this person. Bible question. I always, I do that with my friends because I'm like, I go to them for these things, ah, you know, you and I even have like, uh, you know, for marriage, you know, your marriage, who do you go to for that? You know, like, cause it's hard to, you don't want to admit that you argue with your wife or husband, you know, whatever. you don't want to say those things, but it happens, especially if you're in ministry. Yeah. Cause the enemy would love to destroy a marriage. He doesn't want you to get along at home. He hates what we're doing. So that's going to happen. And you know, uh, you got to make sure you have someone you could trust that you could say, Hey, Here's what's going on. What should I do? And when you ask those type of questions, you got to be ready for an honest answer. Mm -hmm. And the people that you have, like I go to Randy for things, and he'll be honest with me about things. Am I always going to like what he has to say? No. But is it what I need to hear? Yes. And that's what you have to do with those relationships is that you got that person that you trust. You got to know that they're going to tell you what you need to hear, and it's the right. truth. And so that'll help you out, too. We all have the same issues. Mm. So I always find it. We always think we're all unique. Like, oh, my gosh, I fought with Rhonda about this. <laughs> and and then you talk with other people and realize, yeah, everybody. That's not it's not just because <laughs> yeah. you're all embarrassed. Like, no, oh, my yeah. gosh, we did this and we're not right. No, no, everybody does that. Yeah. So I don't know. It makes you feel good. Yeah. But Matt, here's the thing I want to ask you. I hear today is a red letter day. I hear today is the first time we got a question from somebody that wasn't just you and I. That is correct, Randy. We got our first 
uh, question for Mr. Got Questions, and I'm going to read it to you. All right. And we're going to talk about this. All right. You too, Daniel Elliott. This (laughs) is from Mr. Tyler Jackson. All right. He asked this. He says, I have a question for your podcast. That's a stupid question. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He says, why was Adam lonely if God is enough? All right. That is a great question. That is a good question. Because in the beginning, we know was God. He was always there, always was, is, and still to come. <laughs> and uh, he created Adam and Eve. Right. But he created Adam first, right. and Adam was lonely. He was by himself. Now, does it say he was lonely? So We have said that before. We have. So, Randy, why don't you go back to your scripture that you got pulled up right there. So, the, the first thing we do when we have questions, since this is our first question, I can say that, is we go back to scripture. So, I was looking for when God said... Hey, it's not good for man to be alone. So that is Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. And it says, the Lord God said, It is not good for, the, for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So I want to be clear. Yes, alone is there. Right. But it doesn't, but doesn't say, say he's lonely. He was lonely. It right. just says that he was there. Now, what's interesting is in my Bible, because I have the NIV study Bible, there is a footnote there. And in the footnote, I went, oh, look at that. So not good to be alone, it says, without female companionship and a partner in reproduction. Man could not fully realize his humanity. And I went, boom, that makes total sense to me. So the idea being, we were, we were told to be fruitful and multiply. So God created the first man. I, I, that makes sense. But then he needed a companion to live life with. Right. And I think that's the key. And I will say this. God is enough for me, um, but Rhonda fills a role. So I think I would be lonely. I do without Rhonda. Now, sometimes I wish I was a little more lonely Hmm. when we we have those spats like you were talking about. (laughs) And I think, yeah, wouldn't God be enough? Maybe I should be lonely. But that's not (laughs) the case. I get what you're saying. What What it is is Rhonda. Rhonda challenges me, and she's there physically, which makes a difference. Yeah. And I, and I think God, God is enough for us in our lives and in our faith. But I think even as he said, it is good for us to be with other human beings. And now that this just popped in my head. The New Testament talks about his church, and it says we need to be around others. So we have—it's not that God isn't enough, right. but we have a need to be around other people and commune with them and really bring God forward. Yeah, and my wife keeps me on my toes and sharp too, especially when it comes to the ministry. Uh, she'll, like I shared in the podcast before, I'll look, she's reading her Bible. And, you know, it's things like that that I think she keeps me accountable right. for, for a lot of things. And uh, and that that's why— I married her because one, she could put up with me. Uh, two is just she keeps me accountable. She loves me, but it's just nice to walk alongside someone in life that that supports you, that loves you unconditionally. You know that that's here with you physically. Right. You know, and but it helps too when you're both believers and you both have the same beliefs and uh, your goal is the same thing: is to get ready for the kingdom and to build each other up in that way. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I'm not sure Adam was lonely. He was alone, but I don't know that he was necessarily lonely. I mean, because it was perfect. It yeah. was all the animals. He was all naming animals, stuff. Yeah. Like I would love to see him naming things. You are a giraffe. You, zebra. Like, it's like, okay, like, what if the giraffe was the zebra? Zebra was giraffe. That would sound so normal to us, but it's weird to think about. Like, he just was sitting there naming stuff. It's pretty cool. I would like to hear that. You, I will call a bird. 
I don't or know. like a platypus. Uh, well, yeah, like, like, come on now. Where do you come up with that? That would be pretty crazy. I would I like, like to see him walking with the dinosaurs and being like, you are a T-Rex, Tyrannosaurus Rex. I had a hard time even pronouncing that. <laughs> you are a Velociraptor. <laughs> you are a pterodactyl, but I'm going to add a silent P. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is how you spell it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's a great question. I like that we got a question. That is a good question. What do they do if they have questions? You know, that's a good question. Ooh, thank you. About if they have questions. Thank you. Um, we actually have another avenue to contact us now. Just hot off the presses, if you can, the wow. electronic presses. Ooh. It is hot. our email address. You can reach Matt, Randy, and executive producer Dan nice. at Mr. Got Questions at Big Valley. It's BVG. Dot org. So that's MR, no period, M-R-G-O-T-Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N-S at BVG.org. Boom. Or you can hashtag us on Twitter. Yes. And that is Mr. with no period got questions. That's just a hashtag, Mr. Got Questions. Or you can reach us at our Twitter handle. This is a little different. It is at Mr. Got Questions. And then we also have our, our podcasts are on the podcast app or on the Big Valley Grace app that you can download and rate us, subscribe, let us know what you think of each episode. If you have questions, throw them on there. We'd love to hear them or answer them, talk about them. We love questions. Absolutely, we do. And if you don't like the podcast, keep it to yourself. We'll <laughs> yeah, you. well, we don't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah, we only want to hear good. No, I'm just kidding. There you go. Hey, not bad, Randy. All right. This was fun. It was. That's a good topic. It was. It was. Where is your heart longing for? Because God knows. He does. It's, it's a good thing to end on. So it's, it's good and scary. It is. Good <laughs> thing to tell your kids about too. Yes. They can't hide. They may hide stuff from you, but can't hide from God. Absolutely. That way they'll start brushing their teeth. So, I'm Matt. I'm Randy. And this is Got, Got Questions. Questions.